You're listening to the Bold Face Truth Podcast, episode 481. You can find information on anything referenced in this week's episode at amygreensmith.com slash EP481. there. Check you out listening to self-help pods and working on yourself. Fuck yeah. Quick question. You know those situations where your boss asks you to take on one more thing or your partner asks what's bothering you and you respond with a bold-faced lie? Oops. What would shift for you if you actually started telling the bold-faced truth? Everything. Listen, if you struggle with people-pleasing, perfectionism, and you could use some help with boundaries or speaking up, you are in the right place. Thank God. I am Amy Green-Smith. I'm a certified and credentialed life coach, hypnotherapist, and keynote speaker. Fancy. And I've been working in the personal development space since the mid-2000s. Vintage. Sometimes I'll be solo, other times you'll hear from smart folks offering you easy-to-implement tools to help you tell the bold-faced truth. Yes! Hey, hey, pod people. Amy here. And we are rounding out our series around women's health. Obviously, that's a really massive topic, and we've just kind of dabbled in a couple of various areas that I'm hoping uh, have been really helpful for you. So the first two episodes, well, the first episode, which was episode 479, was with Dr. Sarubala, and we talked all about periods and PMS and all sorts of hormonal symptoms and issues that might be arising at various ages for women. Definitely have a listen to that one because she kind of blew my mind with the concept that periods actually aren't supposed to be painful. I was like, what are you saying? Why don't people know this? (laughs) Uh, And then last week, I had the great fortune to converse with Victoria Albina, where we talked all about our nervous system and how that informs our anxiety, our depression, our relationship with other people, our codependency. So you definitely want to make sure you check out those first two episodes of this series. But today, what I thought would be kind of cool is to do more of a meta view, like kind of back back out a little bit from things that are a bit more myopic and look at just some general ways, 40 plus ways that you can take care of yourself as a woman. Now, a couple of things that we want to talk about first. <laughs> before I jump into all of these suggestions. First off, we're going to categorize them into four major areas. The first is going to be mental-emotional, and mental-emotional is really about a lot of the stuff that we talk about here on the show. This is anxiety. This is depression, relationship to your body, worthiness, people-pleasing, you know, like a lot of the concepts in personal development That's what we're going to have housed under the mental-emotional category. Then we're going to have physical. This is probably the biggest, bulkiest area because there's so many elements to our physicality that need attention. Communal. This is going to be all about boundaries with other people, friends and family, connection time with people, hobbies, the environment that you live or you work in. And finally, we're going to talk about behavioral health, like 
detrimental behaviors that you might be doing, uh, maybe excess drinking, maybe the media that you consume, maybe it's your screen time. So we're going to talk about these four main areas, and we're going to look at a bunch of different things you can do in each one to cater to that piece of your health. Now, what I would love for you to do at the get-go is Think about what areas in your life right now in those categories feel a little bit stuck. And as we go through these various tips and tricks, I think it'll start to shift things a bit for you and you'll start to kind of go, oh, yeah, I could really use some attention there. But most of the time, if I say, okay, with regards to your health, where does it hurt the most? Does it hurt most physically? Is it, you know, that you're dealing with a really difficult time, let's say, with uh, your joints or in perimenopause or, you know, there's something really happening physically or maybe it's mental or emotional health. It's feeling like your relationships are greatly suffering. Maybe it's communal where you're thinking, geez, I really need to have more connection with other people. And maybe it's behavioral, maybe it's habits and things that you've gotten kind of into a rut that you do or you don't do that is really affecting your health. So one of the things that I think is really important for us to think about as we go through this is keeping a future focus in the sense that what you do right now will show up and manifest later on. And I remember learning this when I went to makeup school and I was in my twenties, bless my heart. And (laughs) I was, well, yeah, I was barely in my twenties, my early, early twenties. And I remember learning about skincare and things. And again, this is over 20 years ago. So when I was learning all of this stuff, I remember the skincare module being about how what we do now to our skin typically shows up about 10 years later. So if you think you're invincible in the sun in your 20s or that you can drink and smoke and cavort and carry on and you're not really – you still look like a hot piece of ass (laughs) – You don't really start feeling the effects of that detrimental behavior until about 10 years later. Now, that is not founded on any type of fact. That was what I heard back in the early aughts around makeup artistry theory and and things like that. So I don't think we can necessarily take that as a fact, but I do think it's pretty clear that what we do right now doesn't always have immediate effects. It's more about the compound effect. So I'm sure you've heard people talk about the compound effect that, you know, if you do one workout, let's say, it doesn't really make that much difference. But if you do one workout multiple times a week, there is a compound effect to your health. And the same is true for all areas, for establishing boundaries or making sure that you have really rich friendships or great hobbies, et cetera. Okay, so being future-focused and recognizing that what we're doing now is paving the way for our future. And also there's gonna be a lot of crossover with different categories. So if I put something in communal and you really feel like that's more emotional, I don't fucking care. That's totally fine. I don't give a shit. The whole point is for you to illuminate 
oh, here's an area of my health that I'm not tending to, and here's a baby step that I can take. So don't get derailed by anything that doesn't really matter all that much. Another thing that I want to mention about health in general, if it is uncomfortable to you, it matters, okay? If you are suffering from such extreme burnout and the the message that's happening in your head is you should be able to handle this. No, my friend, listen to what is happening for you. Listen to the messages you're receiving from your body. If it is uncomfortable to you, it matters whether that is a relationship, whether that is your menstrual cycle, whether that is being able to speak up and cultivating healthy boundaries, like all of that stuff matters, okay? So don't talk yourself out of feeling discomfort that you feel. Remember, physical and emotional pain is just messaging. It's here to tell us, hey, bitch, I need you to pay attention and I need you to make some different changes, okay? And then finally, I want you to keep in mind as we go through this, I would I think it would be an excellent idea to pick maybe one to three of these that you want to implement this week. So all of my recovering perfectionists, type A, high achievers out there, hi. Hey girl, hey, I see you. Please don't feel like in order for me to be successful at health, in order for me to win at health, I need to do all fucking 40 of these things tomorrow. No. No. I want you to really diligently hold yourself to one, two, three of them that you could easily implement in the next week, okay? And politely excuse any inner critic off to the side if they're saying you need to do all of them. Something is better than nothing, okay? So whatever is feeling the most painful or the most acute right now, let's start there. So if you've really been struggling because you have zero community or you're not reaching out to other people, maybe that's the first item of business is to text your best friend who you haven't spoken to in a month or something like that. Okay, so where does it hurt the most? I want you to focus on that. Okay, so a lot of these I'm going to kind of tear through because they're very self-explanatory or... I've done a podcast in the past where I've done a deep dive on that particular topic, and I'll do my best to call that out and then also make sure we put those links into the show notes for you. Okay, so let's start first under under emotional slash mental health. Yes, they are different, but also they are incredibly tethered, and a lot of times we're talking about very similar things when we use those terms. So. Again, doesn't really fucking matter, just matters where it hurts and if you're taking action to remedy that pain. Okay, a couple of things you can do to cater to your mental and emotional health. Keep your mind sharp. Are you doing work that challenges you? Are you engaging in anything that challenges you? Do you have a hobby maybe that helps you learn or engage your mind in a different way? Or let's say you work in um, a field that is highly analytical and perhaps one of the ways you need to, to creatively 
challenge your brain is to do something like painting. Or, I mean, that could even be as simple as refinishing some furniture in your house. It doesn't mean you have to be like a, a Picasso and all of a sudden now you you paint on the side or you start an Etsy shop or anything like that. But just notice what does my mind is my mind occupied by most of the time? How is it challenged? And what are other ways in which it is not challenged? And could I implement something like that? Like mind puzzles or even engaging in conversations that are highly stimulating to you. Another thing you can do, work on that self-talk. So we have talked about this so many times on the pod. So I'm definitely not going to get into that at length. But one thing that I think is important to understand is that some folks have very crystal clear self-talk and then others have more of what I like to call a self-sentiment where you don't necessarily hear specific words or phrases in your mind, but there's an essence or a thought or a concept of I'm not, I'm an imposter, or that's not possible for me, or I'm not successful enough, or I'm not thin enough, or any number of things that we have a sentiment about ourselves. So working on shifting that, and again, we'll link to some pods in the show notes. A close second to that one, it well, and I would say very much in tandem, is working on that self-worth. I truly feel, and this is why this is such a huge piece of all of the work that I do and why I'm doing a retreat called I'm Enough Already coming up in May, is because I believe that worthiness and our sense of enoughness, however you qualify that or whatever you call it, is the most foundational element of our personal development and our relationship with ourselves. It's difficult to have respect for yourself or love for yourself or anything like that if you don't believe you have worth. So incredibly important to work on. Another huge element here is having a trusted support system. Now, that could actually be it come in the form of a therapist or a coach or some sort of practitioner, but this can also be your wise counsel. Do you have folks in your life that you're able to turn to? Do you have a trusted support system? Meaning when you have a massive breakdown, do you have somebody who you can call and be messy in front of that you can be seen by, that you can be held by? And that can come in a lot of different forms. That can be friends, that can be colleagues, that can be people at your church or other communal environments, right? Having that trusted support system. Mental health support, whether this is extreme burnout, depression, anxiety, this might be about searching out specific therapies like EMDR or brain mapping or other things that might particularly address the pain or the trauma that you are trying to surmount. Another huge piece here is gratitude, a gratitude practice. I do this every single morning. And this is also partly behavioral because it's a behavior that I do. But I listen to a sort of like a a three-pronged hypnosis 
journey every single morning. But the first piece of it is around gratitude, where I just, before I even get out of bed, I mentally go through all the things that I'm thankful for. That's it. I don't even get out of bed, y'all. I don't even get a pen and paper. I just sit there and meditate basically on how thankful I am for all sorts of things. Also, journaling is a huge way to get out of your head, get out of your mind and start to unpack what's actually happening for you. Because what we don't realize is that in our mind, once we've established something is true, like it's true that I'm not worthy or that I'm not enough, it just stays true. Whether or not we have actual valid facts to back that up or not, it just stays fucking true until we look at it, dissect it, and choose something different. So part of that is getting your thoughts out of your mind and onto paper or out of your mind and into the ether by just conversing with somebody. So you can do that in a lot of different ways. So a handful of ways to take care of your mental and emotional health. Let's talk physical health things that you can do. And this this is definitely the meatiest portion. And again, want to remind you to just pick a handful of things from this whole episode that you want to start implementing. So number one under physical is find doctors and medical support team that you trust. I cannot tell you how many times I've had to have ongoing conversations with clients and students about advocating for their health in all arenas, whether it's mental health, women's wellness around your menstruation or periods, PCOS, that kind of stuff, no matter what it is, sometimes even dental, we have to advocate for our own health. And I have found that because our culture presents doctors as, at least traditional Western doctors, as the end-all be-all authority, there can be this way that we're lost in a system that really is faltering in a lot of ways. So just like a life coach or a therapist or anyone else, I think one of the most crucial elements of that relationship is that you can trust that person. So do you have a doctor, whether it's Western medicine, an acupuncturist, a naturopathic doctor, someone who's skilled in functional medicine, psychologist, anyone, do you have actual practitioners that you trust? And keep in mind that it might take a while till you find that one. It might be Okay, well, I definitely wasn't heard by that one and moving on. And I think that's a really sad state of affairs that we have to do that. But if you don't, no one else will. No one else will. So we have to be fierce health advocates for ourselves. Okay, also along with that is advocating for yourself with your doctors. Don't hold back on important information. If you've been smoking weed a lot, if you've been drinking a lot, if you got that infection from a sex toy or from multiple partners, like tell your fucking doctors what's going on. They cannot help you. And obviously I'm not a doctor, but I have had situations with clients where I'm like, if you don't tell me that stuff, I can't I can't really help you. I can't give you a full, I don't get a full snapshot of all the things that are going on in order to give you sort of a a care plan or where we want to go from here. 
I had a situation <laughs> not uh, a couple of years ago, I guess, where I got a horrible UTI and it was from a sex toy. And my first thought was, okay, when I go to this doctor, I'm going to lie about it. <laughs> I'm not going to tell her what what transpired. And then I was like, you know what? Fuck that. I am allowed to be sex- uh, sexually fulfilled. I am allowed to experience pleasure. I am allowed to engage in this type of activity. There is no reason I should be ashamed of this except the fucking patriarchy. Uh, And I don't subscribe to that. I'm not doing that. So this is a part of me saying fuck the patriarchy and (laughs) saying, oh, yeah, I was engaging in a pleasurable act for myself, which I'm allowed to do. Obviously, that's a very nuanced situation. But again, Be clear with your doctors what's really going on with you and also advocate. Say like, no, I do want that testing or no, I'm not open to that sort of methodology or yes, I need to have one more round of that before I go to something more aggressive. No one else is going to do it for you. So you have to be that voice, okay? Another thing to be aware of is to know your family's history of cancer, uh, to know their medical backgrounds, their medical history. That might be something that's readily available to you. And for other folks, that might be something that you have to research a little bit or you might have to get in contact with certain individuals. Another health related physical thing that you can do is get some sunlight get some vitamin D in your system. If if you can get outside, we know that that's really healthy for you. Just first thing in the morning, if you can get five to 10 minutes of, of sunlight, great. Not all of us live in situations where that's <laughs> possible, but if it is great, if it's not, make sure you're supplementing with some sort of vitamin D. Stay up to date on your breast exams at home, not just mammograms, which is a lovely way to welcome you into your 40s. (laughs) I turned 40, felt like a badass, and then immediately got a card in the mail saying, it's time for your mammogram. It was like, happy birthday, time for your mammogram. And I was like, wow, fuck all the way off. But Yes, getting your regular mammograms, but also doing breast exams once a month, making sure that there's nothing happening that is out of the ordinary. Another thing I do pretty religiously because I'm so fair is uh, routinely checking my moles and freckles. I will have a visit once a year where I have my dermatologist check everything out, but I really try to keep an eye on them and just make sure that there's nothing that looks abnormal or anything like that, which can be pretty intense if you are basically a transparent skin color (laughs) like I am. So very important, which leads me to another tip, wear sunscreen always, 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 and reapply. We have very, very clear evidence that this is incredibly helpful, not just for the visibility and the look of our skin, but also warding off really dangerous cancers, skin cancers, melanoma, et cetera. So before we continue on, I wanted to ask a quick favor from you. Do you ever listen to the pod, and I think this might happen for you, where you think, 
damn, I really wish so-and-so could hear this. Maybe it's your coworker who could actually use a lesson or two on boundaries, or maybe it is a women's group that you're a part of where everyone is super on board for speaking up for themselves, but nobody really knows what that really sounds like. Okay, where well, here's where you come in. I have three battle-tested and badass keynote speeches that are ready to be delivered to your company, organization, group, association. So if you, your community, or anyone you know could benefit from me rocking the mic, like who couldn't use some new tools, right? Please send them over to amygreensmith.com slash speaking where you or they can message me directly about specific needs for the audience. Shocker, the three keynotes are focused around speaking up, contending with fear, and accessing enoughness. And all three of them can be delivered either in person or virtually, and of course can be completely customized for specific audience needs. So again, simply send them to amygreensmith.com dot com slash speaking where they can get in touch with me because listen, it is time that women everywhere have the tools necessary to use their voice, take up space and advocate for their wants, needs and opinions like yesterday. And if you end up orchestrating an opportunity for me to speak with your group, you will officially get unlimited squeezes from me. (laughs) And I'm sure you're all in now. And be sure to let them know that I can always temper my colorful language if needed. And thank you. Before we continue, I wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsor. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and you know I'm a huge fan of therapy. I like to say, if you don't think that you need therapy, then you probably need therapy. Because listen, without a healthy mind, being really, truly happy and at peace can really be a challenge. But the good news is that therapy really does work. So whatever you need help with, it is time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better, okay? Because you deserve to be happy. Here's the deal. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't even have to be on camera if you don't want to. Hello, introverts. I see you out there. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. They have over 20,000 therapists in their network, which gives you way, way more options than your immediate geographical area. And it's also available for clients worldwide. Much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in less than 48 hours. So join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. In fact, a member of my family just started and totally loves it. It is always a good time to invest in yourself because you deserve it. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and the Bold Face Truth podcast listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash bold truth. That's betterhelp.com slash bold truth or enter the code bold truth at checkout again to save 10% off your very first month. All right, let's get back to the show. Next up under physical, we've got get those dental visits taken care of. Make sure you are brushing and flossing. Like we all know that stuff, but let me tell you what, okay, dirty little secret. I fucking hate flossing. I hate it because 
my teeth are, have what they call really close contact. So it's it's actually significantly difficult to get floss in there. But I love my water pick flossing machine. And if you're listening and you would like to be a sponsor for the show, <laughs> let me know. But there are tons of other options besides traditional regular floss to help you make sure that you're keeping your gums nice and healthy and all of that. I came across this. This was a quote from dentist dentist Kenneth uh, Majid, and he says, rinse your mouth out after drinking a soda. Doing so will help wash its enamel-eroding acids off your teeth. So again, we know that soda isn't the best thing to put in your system, but I'm not really a big fan of demonizing food. So I think if you do consume soda, the least you can do to kind of help take care of that enamel is just rinse, do a quick little mouth rinse right after that. Piggybacking a little bit on what we talked about in the first episode of this series, get support for where you are in your cycle. If you have extremely painful periods, if you've got endometriosis, if you've got PCOS, if you are in perimenopause, which I know there's a lot of you out there who are kind of hanging out in that space, get support for whatever level of wherever you are at in that journey. I've been realizing as I've been kind of grandmothered into this specific area of life that this is another major opportunity for research and investigation and advocating for myself, finding the right practitioners, people who I trust, people who I genuinely feel have the acumen and the expertise to get me where I want to go and to have a really clear understanding of what I'm going through in my particular body in my this phase of life. It's important. Remember, if you are uncomfortable, if you are suffering, it is worth searching out a solution. It is worth getting that support. Practice good sleep hygiene. This is a huge one under health tips, specifically in that physical category. We oftentimes, well, I think we're coming out of this a little bit, but in the past, we really wore shortage of sleep kind of like a badge of honor. Like, oh, I only need four hours of sleep or I'm so busy. I just don't have time for sleep. And we're realizing now the massive detriment that is to our health in a lot of ways that it can contribute to uh, mental health issues around depression and anxiety. It can affect your sexuality and your libido there. I mean, not to mention your energy and all sorts of things. So practicing sleep hygiene, though, is not just about getting solid sleep. It's also about making sure that you're not having screen time right before you go to bed, that you are not drinking a shit ton of water or anything that's going to have you get up and pee. It's making sure that everything is nice and dark and set up for you to get really true, deep, deep sleep. So making sure that the components that are surrounding when you go to bed are really setting you up for the most restful night's sleep possible. 
All right, next up, fuel yourself with things that feel good to your body. So if you're noticing that you eat certain things and you get really bloated, or uh, I know for me, if I have an excess of dairy, I really break out a lot on my back. I know for other people, if they eat gluten, their joints really ache. Or if they have an abundance of sugar, they have just massive lethargy. So I think it's important for us, instead of demonizing food, to look at food as as fuel, and we're absolutely allowed to get pleasure from food. Okay, hello, we are. But I also think it's important to recognize the side effects that certain food comes with. And am I equipped or am I willing to handle those side effects? And are those side effects worth it? So thinking about like, okay, if I consume this, I notice that I will also be saying yes to back knee (laughs) or bloating. And if that doesn't feel healthy to you, if that doesn't feel good in your body, then maybe it's time to either scale down, eliminate, or, you know, make a substitution, some sort of change. But you're not going to find me talking about good foods and bad foods. I don't think food has morality. (laughs) I think that it really truly comes down to what feels good for you and Intuitive eating has been really, really helpful for me in not just fueling my body with things that I want, but also connecting to my body more fully and more deeply. I think especially as women, we're kind of conditioned to leave our bodies, uh, especially if you grew up in any sort of religious environment that kind of taught you that your body cannot be trusted, uh, that it's not for you, that it's damaged and broken and needs saving. And, you know, a lot of women were conditioned like my body is for men and I need to be pleasing to them and really staying connected with what I need or the sustenance that feels good to me is really foreign. So just the Intuitive eating principles of recognizing hunger, understanding what hunger really feels like, and also what satiety feels like has been such a game changer to me. So that might be something to kind of look into. Uh, But I think really at its baseline is when I consume this, not just in the present moment, but long term, does this feel good to my system, period. And along those same lines, consider allergy testing if you're noticing that there's something going on with a specific food that you'd actually like to eat. Maybe there's an alternative for you. And I also think educating yourself on harmful chemicals that could potentially be in your beauty products. This could also be tethered to allergic reactions or intolerances. One of my favorite websites is ewg.org. We'll definitely link to that in the show notes. This is the website for Environmental Working Group. And what they've done is they've taken basically as many beauty products as they possibly can. They're constantly adding to it, but they give them a ranking from, I believe it's one zero to five, zero being completely harmless, completely innocuous to number five being incredibly toxic, very, very harmful, and you should not, you should very highly consider not having this in your in your beauty routine. So you can very easily go over there, look up different products that you use and see what, what sort of ranking they get, and then make your decisions based off of that. 
Another thing in the physical health realm, we've got to incorporate exercise and movement. Now, if you feel like the word fitness or the word exercise has a negative connotation, start calling it movement, start calling it something else. But it does not have to look like a rigid workout routine. It doesn't have to really look any specific way. It's just about not being sedentary. Can I take the stairs more often? Can I park farther away so I have to walk a little bit further? Maybe it's just going for walks with friends around the neighborhood. Maybe it is a fun dance party with my kids in the living room. You get to decide what movement looks like for you. One of the things I love that is really helpful, this is another company I'm going to shout out, and if they would like to be a sponsor, hit a bitch up. It is an app called PlayFit, and let me get the exact spelling for you. I believe it's fit with two Ts, and what this enables you to do is do a little bit more movement than you possibly would have normally without the app. So yes, play fit, all one word with two T's at the end. And basically what it'll do is it'll have like a series of things for you to do each day, like do 10 squats and do three flights of stairs. So I have stairs in my house, so that's very easy to go up and down the stairs. I usually do at least three times. It'll say, get this many steps. But you have these small little tasks. It might be like five push-ups, et cetera. And then you can accumulate points where you can then get gift cards. Y'all, I am not kidding you. I have gotten like 30 bucks in uh, Starbucks gift cards from this app, and I have not paid a penny. It is so fantastic. Now there's paid ways to go through the app, of course, but I love the idea of an app paying me finally for once. (laughs) But what's really cool about it is I may do a workout or I might go on a walk, but then my PlayFit app is like, oh, hey, if you do one more set of stairs, you get you get some more points. So it, it's an, it enables me to do more movement in a way that I probably wouldn't have done. And it's also incredibly simple, very easy. And yeah, then you can win these awesome gift cards. So play fit, check that out. I think this this one is really important because I have noticed as I've gotten older that the And I'm sure those of you who are in your 50s and 60s, you're like, yeah, bitch, it gets worse. (laughs) But how if I've taken like a week off from any type of movement, once I get back to it, it's significantly more challenging than if I just stay maintaining it. So getting back to it at this age is significantly harder. And I know it's going to get worse. I know it's going to get worse. Something that Mr. Smith talks to me about, for those of you who don't remember him being on the show. He works as a body worker and massage therapist. He works with a specific modality surrounding athletic injury and recovery. And so he sees a lot of people at all different walks of life in, you know, in the throes of their athletic prowess and their sport. Uh, They're playing it to, to the nines, to people who aren't able to participate in that stuff anymore. And one of the things that he has said is it is so crystal clear that people who arrive in their 70s and 80s, he can always tell who has incorporated movement throughout their life and who have been relatively sedentary in their adulthood. And it is a stark contrast. So again, I want to underline, I'm not talking about 
CrossFit here. Like, uh, knock yourself out with your fucking tire throws and box jumps if you want. That is not for me. But if it's yoga, if it's just going for a walk, if it's just taking the stairs, y'all, just get moving. That's it. And it doesn't need to look any other way than that. Okay? I love this one. And I thought, okay, does this need to be a whole other category? I don't know. Get a weekly orgasm, okay? Whether or not you have a partner or not. In fact, I found this quote by an OBGYN. Her name is Hilda Hutcherson. And she said, schedule weekly orgasms. I call it getting your vitamin O. Orgasms release hormones that boost emotional well-being and your immune system and may even prolong life. If you don't have a partner, for health's sake, get a toy. (laughs) That's our quote from Dr. Hutchinson. Get it, girl. So, yeah, this is another one that could have some uh, historical implications, maybe stuff that's happened in your past, messages you've received from your family, where you might want to actually get some support from a practitioner in some regard. But do know that that is a part of our sexual health. Now, there are those of you out there who might be asexual where orgasm is not as important to you. That's completely fine as well. Just know that this is an element of our health that if it matters to you, it does deserve some attention. Ladies, drink a shit ton of water. Drink a shit ton of water. I drink typically about three liters a day. That's what I feel helps really keep my skin and my hair healthy. And I can really notice a difference if I don't. So especially at this age. So get a ton of water. Allow yourself to rest. I'm also going to link to a pod that I did specifically on resting and recharging. Because what I see happen a lot is we will have some sort of white space or a day off or some free time in our calendar and we feel like we can't sit still and we still got to be doing something and we got to be, I got to be productive in some way. Thank you, capitalism. And that is not us actually putting our burdens down. We're not actually resting. We're still very mentally and emotionally overworked. So thinking about what does that look like for me to genuinely let myself rest? And I highly encourage you, if you have a difficult time with that, to check out that pod. We'll throw it in the show notes. So there are a handful of things to pay attention to under your physical health. Let's talk about communal. These are the people that you surround yourself with. This is your community. Pieces of that. Now, most of these are going to be additional pod references, establishing boundaries. Of course, I've done deep pods on that. That is a huge element in how we engage with people around us. So a lot of times uh, I will hear people talk about how frustrating their work environment is or their friendships. And I'm like, well, what sort of boundaries have you been establishing or have you been speaking up? And they have been as quiet as a mouse. So some of these other folks in their life may have no fucking idea that these things are problematic. So boundaries are a huge, huge element. And it's actually really encouraging to be around people who have strong boundaries. In fact, Melissa Urban if you're familiar with her, talks about this. She recently wrote a book on on boundaries, and she talks about how 
when people establish boundaries and they're very clear with them, how safe you feel with those sorts of individuals because you know exactly what you're going to get. With people who don't, you have no idea and they might be lying to you. They might be just acquiescing to make you feel better. But people who establish boundaries and who are really clear and kind, is it, those people are very easy to stay safe with. Next one is cultivate rich friendships. This is incredibly important. A lot of times we think that we have to stay best friends with somebody because we've been friends since we were four, or we went to college together, or we got through something really traumatic together. But maybe that friendship has run its course, or the two of you have gotten involved in very, very different worlds, and it's hard for you to support one another. Cultivate rich friendships. I've done podcasts specifically on this of how to manifest dope-ass friendships. I think that was the name of the actual pod. Next up is learning to say no. Again, podcast on that one, deep dive into how to say no, what to say instead, how to buy yourself some time. One of the reasons why we get so burnt out and so overwhelmed and so overloaded is we take on a bunch of shit we don't want to do or something that's actually someone else's responsibility. All right, so learning to say no in a really kind, respectful manner can be incredibly helpful to your communal health. So definitely have a listen to that. We'll throw that in the show notes as well. Only entertain reciprocity in a majority of your relationships. I do think there are some outlying incidents and situations where where our relationships are one of charity, where we're not really getting anything in return. But if we're talking about our closest colleagues, our best friends, our spouses, those should be reciprocal relationships. They should be one in which you give to that person and they give back to you. So analyzing a little bit of like, okay, are there folks in my life where I don't feel like this is really quite balanced as far as support or connection or vulnerability or any of the other things that are important to you inside of a relationship? Another communal one, have tough conversations. Okay, so one of my big pet peeves that I think I might have even mentioned it last week is when in personal development, we just label everybody like you're toxic or you're a narcissist instead of actually having difficult conversations that involve vulnerability and of saying like, this hurts me in this way. And I don't know if I can sustain this type of behavior or this treatment. Like you have to have tough conversations and at least give people the opportunity to be what you need. If they don't rise to the occasion, then there's another decision to be made. But I don't think we get to just call someone a narcissist or label them as toxic when we have not been crystal fucking clear about what we need from them. Now, this is not talking about abusive relationships. I'm not talking about name calling and extreme abuse situations. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the everyday situation that we see a lot these days where people lean on that crutch of... I'm not even going to bother. He's he's such a narcissist or he he's just so toxic. And it's like, okay, but have you been really clear about your grievances, why they matter to you and the very specific remedies that you want? 
that might be a part of this communal health. Now, I do think there are other situations where it's just not worth it to you. And that's a whole nother situation altogether. But I do have a podcast I've done specifically on tough conversations, multiple ones. So have a listen to that. Another one we miss all the time under our communal health is just having fucking fun. Just having fun, like scheduling things that you enjoy or having hobbies, something that you get into. Like right now, Mr. Smith and I are all into learning how to woodwork and we're building a workshop so that we can build all of our Halloween props and animatronics and effects that we want to build. But it's been so fun. And that's another way that we are learning something new. We're catering to brain cognition and health. So something like that, where it's fun stuff that doesn't necessarily have to be for some sort of end result or productivity, or even things like this coming weekend, we're going to go to the Oddities and Curiosities Expo. (laughs) So a lot of very odd and curious things. I think a majority of taxidermy. (laughs) Uh, So I'm, I'm very curious to see what else is going to be at this place. But it's something fun, right? We go to the hippie festival usually twice a year. Just we we plan for Halloween. We do a bunch of things. So, but that does not happen without effort. Like we really do have to put these things into our schedule and plan them and make them as important as all the other obligations in your life. Okay. Making little games out of things. Like right now we have a little game going where <laughs> The other weekend, we bought these tiny little hands <laughs> that you that you use to like pretend you have tiny hands. I don't know any other way to say it. They're these little tiny plastic hands. Well, we just decided to start hiding them around the house for each other in really odd places. So, you know, I hide them in Mr. Smith's eggs, egg carton. Um, he's hid mine in my oatmeal or in my plants, like all sorts of different things. So incorporating play, doing things that are fun, planning time with loved ones. I know for for Mr. Smith, he finally got on a schedule with uh, his aunt, who he's super close to. Hi, Twyla, if you're listening, as well as his best friend. And so they have scheduled times that they talk once a month. And I have the same with my mom. Like we have it scheduled out. And I know that seems silly. I know we would all love to just pick up the phone and connect with people. We don't fucking do it. Think about why we actually go to school and get degrees or why we actually go to work every single day. It's because it is scheduled. Anything that actually gets done is either on your to-do list or your calendar. That's it. So start thinking about how do I make sure that fun and connection with other people is actually on my to-do list. All right. And then finally, we're going to round this out with behavioral. Now, we've kind of danced around this a little bit, but a couple of things that you can do around your behavioral health is to reassess your screen time, your phone time especially if you've been depressed, especially if you've been kind of down in the dumps, the best thing you can do is get out and commune with nature, even if it's just walking outside in your suburban area. (laughs) It's totally fine. Or getting your feet into the grass. That can be hugely uh, helpful. 
But reassess, like, am I glued to this phone? You know, that also affects our posture and how our neck is shaped and how our spine is shaping. So focusing on communing with people in real life or getting outside, okay? Another behavioral one that I would be remiss if I didn't mention is to get clear on your relationship to alcohol. Are there any changes that need to be made? This is another one where you can evaluate how do I feel when I'm consuming this volume of alcohol? Is it affecting my sleep? Is it affecting my ability to work out or have movement? Is it affecting my libido? Is it affecting my relationships? It can do all of those things. So you guys know I love a nice whiskey and I also recognize when it really holds me back and it doesn't feel good and it's not supporting my system. So I I am not going to give any advice in that arena because I'm not <laughs> at liberty to, but I do think it's a really healthy thing for each individual person to evaluate very clear-eyed and clear-headed of, am I in control of this or is it a little bit in control of me? All right. Any habits that you need to shed, for example, maybe you've gotten yourself in a rut where you are always checking your ex's Instagram and you're always seeing what they're up to, or maybe it's even who you follow on Facebook or TikTok. Maybe you follow all of these totally ripped fitness influencers and you're trying to work on your body image and that's not that helpful for you. That is a behavioral thing you might need to change. You might need to stop doing those things. So if you haven't gotten your hands on my free ebook, you can very easily grab it. You can see it right on my site if you go over there or if you go to amygreensmith.com slash free. In that workbook, there are nine different challenges to kind of help you catapult your self-talk and your self-worth and also speak up for yourself. But one of them is evaluating your habits, things that you are doing. That's behavioral, what you are doing or not doing that is not healthy for you, right? So do you need to read more? Do you need to change? Like I know for me, you guys probably have heard this a million times. I love true crime and I have to really balance how much true crime I'm listening to on podcasts versus actually reading an audiobook on, you know, authenticity and vulnerability or self-worth or something like that that I really enjoy learning about or even about woodworking, right? Something that is getting me away from the rut that I fall in that then contributes to me not feeling at my best or the most creative or the healthiest, right? So any habits that you might need to shed and conversely, any habits you might need to implement. And you can look back and go, okay, at various times during my life when I was the happiest or I was the most fulfilled, were there certain components that I did every single day or every week or things that were absent that contributed to that fulfillment, contributed to that happiness. So sometimes you'll look back and you'll go, oh shit, I always had some sort of creative project. I haven't done a creative project since my kids were born. You know what? I'm going to paint a mural in one of their on one of their walls. That's something that I need to do, right? That's something actionable that you can do that's behavioral. And it could could also be communal as well. 
All right. So we know that was rapid fire. There were tons of ideas, obviously lots of additional podcasts for you to listen to in the show notes if that's something that you want to take a deeper dive on. This will wrap up our series on health. And thank you so much for hanging in there. We'll start a brand new series next week. Remember, please choose just one to three of these that you want to focus on. Cruise over to Instagram. You can find me under the handle Hey Amy Greensmith. Find the meme for this episode and just let me know what you're going to focus on. What area of your health are you going to take some baby steps for, towards? Because you fucking matter, okay? I will see you around these parts next week. And please remember, you are enough. Your voice matters. So go out there and speak the bold face truth. Peace. wait, 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 just one more thing. So these podcasts, it turns out, don't actually rate and review themselves. So I would be over the moon if you would leave a review, rate the show, subscribe, and tell anyone you know who needs to start speaking the fuck up for themselves. And if you do, I will give you a mini pig. Just kidding. But I will be so very incredibly grateful. Okay, thank you. Bye.